is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, my name is Jason. And my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode number 418, re- recorded the 21st day of Thurs in February, year of our Lord, 2019. Well, you almost got that out. <laughs> no, day of Thurs. It's the day of Thurs. It is the day of Thurs. Is tomorrow the day of Fry? Fries? Tomorrow's the day of Fries. That's oh, right. Today is the day of Thurs. Right on. Okay. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. Um, and thank you for tuning in. Jason, thank you for tuning in. Oh, thanks. I've tuned in and tuned out. <laughs> All at the at same least, time. At least I'm not tuned on. Uh, sure. Please don't get too <laughs> tuned on tonight while we're here. Yeah. Uh, we are going to do a bunch of listener feedback today. We've included feedback from both of the first two episodes in the second half of season nine. So we will be getting to that uh, very shortly. First, though, I have a couple of things I want to discuss uh, the first one is a quick email here from Thomas on our Facebook page. And Thomas wrote this. It's not really feedback, but I wanted to address it here because it kind of annoys me, but kind of doesn't. Anyways, Thomas wrote, Did you all see that they've borrowed half your segment title as if Twitter confusion weren't enough? And what Thomas is referring to is that once in a while on AMC's Talking Dead TV mm-hmm. show that's been on the air for some time now. I've they, heard of it. They do a segment called the Holy Shit Moment of the Week. Fuck <laughs> you, you stupid jerk faces. <laughs> Sorry, that just came out. <laughs> now, I know that that's not exactly the same thing as Holy Crap, Did You See That, which we've been doing since, you know, near the beginning. Not not quite the beginning, but near the beginning. Uh, but it does seem a little funny, uh, the fact that they've started doing this. And, you know, they, they use our name many years ago. I've long gotten over that. And now they've kind of borrowed that segment title as well. And they I have. guess I'm going to have to get over that too. I guess so. That's really annoying. Do they just, do they have an, an intern listening to our podcast and just stealing ideas? I mean, I hope so, sort of. <laughs> but at the same time, I just think it's, it's weird. Like, I wonder, are they just totally clueless? Or do they just I not assume care? so. Yeah. I assume that they just don't care and yeah. that they do whatever they want. It's just coincidental that this show is copying the uh the most awesome podcast on the on this this show on The Walking Dead that there is. Yeah. It's gotta be a coincidence, right? What else could it be? Anyways, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I think about that, but whatever. We we, we move on, we soldier forward. Is that how you say that? We soldier, soldier on, on, move forward. We, yeah, we move forward. We plow forward. It's not a matter about. Uh, it's not a matter of how hard you can hit. It's a matter of how hard you can be hit and keep moving forward. Oh, look at that! I like that. That's very nice. It's from Rocky. Very eloquent of you and Rocky. Yeah. Well, that's that. So I'll continue to watch their show once in a while, and I guess they'll continue to listen to ours all the time. And stealing things. Yes. There you go. Uh, okay, should we talk about the ratings for the last two episodes? We didn't get a yes, chance. please. We didn't get a chance to talk about them since there was a lack of feedback show last week. But um, season nine, episode nine, called Adaptation, had five point two six million viewers, which is not great, but it's not terrible in the current 
uh, landscape of the ratings for The Walking Dead. That's about mm-hmm. what it's been. It's fluctuated around that number, maybe a little over six once in a while. That's that. We are long gone are the days of 15 million people, but that's just the yeah. way it is. Um, Omega, season nine, episode 10, was a little bit different. It had 4.54 million. And I do have a fact about that number. It is that it's the lowest rated episode in the history of the show. Wow. Yep. That's because no Rick Grimes. Well, it might be. It, be, it might be because there's no Rick Grimes. You know, I, I've long had this theory that I think it's probably been disproven a number of times that you have to look at the episode before the one you're looking at when you're thinking about the ratings. And if that episode was generally disliked by people, the next episode ratings might be down a little bit. I don't know if that's true, but I feel like it might be. In this case, um, I think the adaptation sort of feeling amongst most of the fans was that it might not have been amazing, but it was pretty good. So a drop off to the lowest ratings of all time wasn't really expected, at least not from me. Yeah. So. Well, I agree with your theory, and uh, it's still a little bit surprising to me as well, and and it kind of makes me a little sad that we're at the at the lowest point that there has been so far, as far as ratings go. But the, we've talked about this many, many times. What do those numbers mean in this climate of uh, consuming television or media uh, with the options available to us? Well, exactly, exactly. It's it's hard to it's even hard to compare what we see right now to what we were seeing just five or six years ago, right? Yeah. Um, I know Netflix was around then, but Netflix has exploded in in recent years in terms of of subscribers. There are all kinds of other options. There's plenty of other things to do and all sorts of other things that grab people's attention. So, yeah, I mean, there might just not be as many people watching TV. And, of course, the a show changes a lot in nine years. And uh, it's yeah. not all the viewers are going to come with it. So. Well, think of it compared to a Broadway play, something that is a smash hit on Broadway. A Broadway play uh, has, what, 500 to 1,000 seats, somewhere around there? Well, I couldn't tell you, but let's just say that. Yeah. It's more than 500, because that's, that's how they do Broadway, off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway. Like, Broadway is more than 500, off-Broadway is like 100 to 500, and off-off-Broadway Broadway is less than 100 seats. But you're just making nothing those to do with numbers actual up. being on Broadway. I know that, but those numbers aren't real. You're just using them... As examples, right? I'm pretty sure they're real, but oh, whatever. Okay. Uh, I read that somewhere or didn't. I don't know. Might have made it up. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, a Broadway show, let's say, has a thousand seats. Right. So that's 7,000 viewers a week. Compared to that, we're doing great. Uh, sure. Yeah. The, compared to that. <laughs> I think the point would and be, we're though. we're talking Tony Award winning Broadway plays. <laughs> Sure. Uh, you can't, you can only put so many people in the theater though. So exactly. So this is, we're doing much better than any, any Broadway. We're doing better than cats. I'm not sure your logic is, I'm not sure the comparison holds, but I understand what you're saying. Ah, yeah. (laughs) But whatever, whatever. 4.54 million lowest of all time. That's kind of a bummer, but I think it also means we only have one way to go and that's up. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's true either. <laughs> I, yeah, that, I don't know if that logic holds. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry, Walking Dead. There's still lots of people watching. We're watching. We always yeah. will. And I know, you know, all the, I know many of those four and, and a half million people will be as well. That's right. 
Okay, is it time for listener feedback? I sure do believe so. Sweet. Listener feedback. Okay, our first series of emails and calls here are mostly about last week's episode, the season nine mid-season premiere. And our first one here comes from Nia in London. And Nia writes, I'm just emailing in to say I'm really quite overwhelmingly underwhelmed by the mid-season premiere. I keep trying to analyze my lack of feelings about it to see if I'm missing something or I just accidentally didn't actually watch it somehow, but I'm really feeling really very indifferent to almost everything that happened. I feel like I might as well have been looking out the window for an hour. Basically, Jesus was already dead, so that wasn't a surprise or really even heartbreaking anymore because we've all had time to process it. We already know about the Whisperers, so seeing more of them throughout the episode and having the group capture one of them wasn't especially impactful. In my opinion, at least, it's kind of a logical next step. And Negan escaped before the break, so I was completely unaffected seeing him out and about. I originally thought maybe I just needed time to get back into the drama of the show, but honestly, I just don't think uh, there was there was any in this episode. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't knock looking out the window either, right? Depending on your window, <laughs> where it looks out, I mean, there might be a couple of squirrels out there. I mean, sure, you might spend an hour watching squirrels running back and forth, but is that a waste of time? I guess it all depends on your perspective. Not if you're a cat. No, and especially chipmunks for my cats. They mm. love chipmunks. Yeah. Watching and, them. And, you know, looking out your window can have very different results depending on where you live. I mean, some people might look out their windows and see pelicans, which we aren't going to do here. Yeah, that, that's crazy. But I love or pelicans. They're my favorite. Kangaroo. Kangaroos. Kangaroos? Kangaroo. Kangaroo. No. Kangaroo? <laughs> Kangaroos is the plural of kangaroo, right? Uh, I, I think so, but you know, I'm not going to stake my life on that. Kangarini? <laughs> I can't be right. No, that's my middle name. Chris Kangarini. Chris, Chris Kangarini Ferris. That's great. That's pretty good, eh? That's a good name, actually. Thanks. Um, but to Nia's point here, do you think maybe they could have saved one of these surprises or big moments for the mid-season premiere rather than stuffing them all in the mid-season finale. We have the Jesus death. We have the sort of whisperers reveal. And I know they'd kind of been hinting towards that throughout the first half of the season a little bit. Um, and, and we have the Negan breakout. Why do that all in the mid? Like why jam pack the finale with all that stuff instead of leave something for the mid-season premiere, spread out the goodness a little bit. Well, uh, cause it's a finale. It's it's the mid-season finale. They want to hit with a punch, right? They don't want to just kind of let it fizzle out. And if you had one of those things happen in the uh, in the premiere, then uh, it might not be as impactful. Like Negan, uh, the one I'm thinking of is Negan breaking out. If we had Negan break out in the premiere and then wander around for a while and then end up going back to his cell, that'd be kind of stupid. You know, having it uh, at the at the mid-season. Uh, finale has uh has an impact of holy shit he just broke out what's what's going to happen next and now you gotta wait six weeks or eight weeks or whatever the hell it was yeah so yeah. that one makes sense um as far as jesus's death you have to put that in the finale it's it's the death of jesus and the jesus's death was goes hand in hand with the reveal mm -hmm. right without the reveal you don't get jesus's death and vice versa so they had to go into the uh, the finale as well so i think uh, i agree with Nia's comments in that uh, nothing new happened. It was just kind of a continuation of what's already going on. 
So maybe that was a mistake, but I don't think we could have physically moved any of the the uh, uh, the exciting points from the finale to the to the premiere. You know, the only thing I would say to that is that we want the premiere to be uh, a big, exciting episode, too. I mean, we want them all to be big, exciting episodes, I guess. Well, you want to, yeah, it's a stepping off point, right? Yeah. It's a, holy shit, what's going to happen now uh, with this thing that's now been set in motion? I can, I can understand how having, splitting the Negan thing up works quite well. Have him escape. Um, it's a little bit of a cliffhanger, and we resolve it when the show returns. Like, what if the Jesus death and whisper reveal had all been moved to the premiere? Like, would the Negan escape be enough to kind of tide us over and then and then do the whispers and Jesus thing in the premiere? Or would then the premiere feel heavy and the finale feel too light? I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't see it. I don't I, I think that something else could have happened in the premiere, but I don't think anything could have been moved successfully. Right. I hear you. OK, well. I think, uh, I think there's, <laughs> we have come to no conclusion, but what are you going to do? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, uh, Nia's points are valid. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Next we have a call from designer Will. Hey, Chris and Jason designer Will with some feedback for season nine, episode nine. I wanted to comment on the direction of this episode. This just happens to be one of my favorite episodes in a very long time. I just thought it was, uh, just perfect. I mean, I loved the contrast and the balance between the different storylines, the time we spent with each group or each character. And of course, I think the most noticeable was going back and forth between the intense moments with our core group of characters and then Negan kind of out on his own, having to come to the realization and accept that what he thought was still waiting out there for him is no longer there. I just loved every bit of that, and I thought this episode was so well executed. And then, of course, great acting. And and I thought good lines from all the characters and, and stuff like that. Just everything really hit home, and we got all sorts of new pieces of information that should make the rest of this season interesting as it unfolds. So just wanted to say I was excited to watch this new episode, and I loved it. Uh, hopefully you guys do it, too. We'll talk to you later. So to present the other side of the argument, I yeah. bring you designer Will. Um, he he really loved it, obvi- obviously. He didn't think there was any sort of slowdown or or was didn't think there was any need of, you know, anything else happening in the premiere. So um, that's great. And I'm I I I'm glad that there's folks out there that feel that way, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's really good. Uh, Michael in Missouri writes an email and Michael says, so the whisperers basically put on a mask to blend in with walkers. It's a mask from the skin of a walker. As we have seen in the show, the walkers are rotting and decomposing beings. Do they tan the hides like leather or just get skins from fresh kills? I would think the skin from a five or six year old walker would be pretty thin and hard to stitch into and stay intact. Also, by using the mask, does that mean all of the smearing of walker guts all over oneself in the past to blend in with the walkers was a waste? Did they just need to look like or resemble a walker to walk among them? All of the health hazards of smearing the walker guts on your body was not necessary. It almost killed poor Gabriel. What are your thoughts on these technicalities? <laughs> I don't think we should look too closely 
Maybe not. We're gonna we're gonna see some uh we're gonna see the cracks if we look a little closely. Like yes, they would absolutely have to tan the uh, the face hides, which makes them not smell like walkers, right? Because it would smell like tanned leather. Right. Whatever that yeah. So it would smell like uh yeah, and I don't know, I'm not even sure how to go through the tanning process. I know it in, involves urine. Uh <laughs> so it's true. Tanning hides like they used to use urine somehow in the process. Uh, gross. <laughs> yeah, gross. Well, you know, the, the phrase, uh, I don't have a pot to piss in. Yes. It's because you used to be able to piss in a pot and then sell it to a tanning factory in order to, uh, for them to tan hides and stuff. So you could make money unless you didn't have a pot to piss in. And then you couldn't even reap the rewards of your own urine. Are you making this up? I am not making that up. I swear. That was anyway. a thing. Like you could make money off your own pee. Yeah. Can you still do that? I don't think so. I think they probably use much weirder chemicals than urine. <laughs> Got it. Okay. That's so weird. Anyway, random fact of the day. Yeah. Uh, one of many, probably. But uh, yeah, so they would have to tan the hides, obviously. They can't just put rotting flesh on there because then you might as well just cover your face in meat. Uh, but I right? mean, people were doing that anyways. They were covering themselves in zombie guts to blend in. But uh, these were, these looked like they were, uh, like they had stitching on the back so you could have them fitted. Uh, so. Not tanned wouldn't make any sense, right? Right. No, I so, get it. But but then the act of tanning them would also make them not make any sense because why would the walkers go, oh, that looks like a, a zombie face, but you know what? It looks more like tanned leather, so I'm not sure that you're an actual zombie. I think you're maybe some kind of fetishist of <laughs> some kind. Like, do you think cows are, like, confused by people that wear those gimp masks? Like they're tanned leather, right? Or just and leather the cows jackets. Are like, oh, you must be a cow. You've got a, a leather mask on with a zipper on it. I don't know what that zipper thing is, but uh, I think you're a cow. You're a cow, right? Weird. Um, yes, I agree with you. You can't think too hard about it because it starts to fall apart. But at the same time, I want to think hard about something sometimes. You know, I want to analyze the show. Uh, yeah. And it bums me out when I'm like, oh, well, that doesn't make any sense if I spend five seconds thinking about it. Because the whole idea of smearing the guts on themselves and putting on the gormiflage was was that you smelled like a walker, mostly. Not so much that you looked like one. Um, but with these things, they don't really provide the smell unless you assume they don't tan them and turn them into human leather. And uh, therefore, then it all just breaks down. So what are you going to do? They, okay. they wear the masks and they blend in somehow. The other problem with this is that human beings or zombies were once human beings, right? So they don't have any really special abilities, right? They don't have a heightened sense of smell. They don't have a heightened sense of hearing. They're just, I mean, let's, uh, they probably have a reduced sense of smell and a sense of hearing and a sense of sight uh, because their brains aren't fully working, right? It's like, we've, we know that from the uh, the finale of the first season yeah. that uh, the, you know, the brain gets reanimated at a very reduced level. So, but if we just go ahead and assume that they have the exact same senses that we do as humans, our sense of smell, I don't know about you, but my sense of smell is not that great. I mean, I could probably smell something cooking if somebody slapped me with the food. Well, and you certainly don't often smell other people. I mean, sometimes you do, to be fair, well, sometimes you do, but like a, a person who is has good hygiene and has had a shower recently can be standing right behind you and you don't really smell them. That's true. 
Yeah. But when it gets uh, maybe when it gets bad enough that you start to smell yourself, and it has to be pretty bad for you to smell yourself because we have nose blindness, right? We just accept smells and they go away after a while. Yeah. So if you can smell yourself, take a shower first of all. But uh, so zombies, I assume, can smell themselves. Like their own flesh is rotting, but they're still animated, so they can smell the rotting flesh. If they if you're smelling rotting flesh all the time, and then all of a sudden somebody, like you say, is freshly showered and standing behind you, what maybe, do you smell? Maybe that smells really good. I don't probably know. Probably just rotting flesh, right? Because oh, it's going to be an overpowering stench of your own flesh rotting off your bones. <laughs> so that's think. one thing. Yeah. The point I'm trying to make is, uh, what are humans really good at? We're not really, really good at smell. Some people have a lot better sense of smell than I do, but as a as a species, we're not the best at smelling things. Dogs are really good. Other animals are very good. They can track smells. We can't track smells. No. Uh, right. Our hearing is pretty good, but again, not the best. Right. Right. So there's bats. There's other animals that have a really good sense of hearing. My cats have a better sense of hearing than me, and they're super stupid and old now. <laughs> to be fair, so, dogs do too, I think. Yes. Yeah. One thing we really are good at is we have a very good sense of sight. Our sight is is excellent. Our ability to recognize faces is outstanding. Dogs recognize each other by smell. Uh-huh. Right? They smell each other's asses and they go, oh, yeah, I know you. I recognize your ass smell. <laughs> right? It's funny, <laughs> human but beings, true. <laughs> human beings are really good at recognizing faces. So- I, Zombies, I would think, are really good at recognizing faces. And so you have these uh, uncanny valley masks that are tanned. Are zombies really going to buy that? I guess it's a long-winded, say, long-winded way of saying, I think zombies would not be fooled by this bullshit. Right. You'd put on a zombie mask and you'd encounter a zombie and he'd go, I used to know that guy. I didn't yeah. think, I, I haven't seen you in a while. Like if we had face-off level of technology where we could actually take a zombie face and then replicate it on somebody else, uh-huh. then maybe, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but we don't have that. And I guess in this vein, I'm questioning gormiflage as well, because we don't have a really good sense of smell. And it's like, well, I smell like rotting flesh. You don't smell like rotting flesh. But you know what? I still smell a lot of rotting flesh. So I think I'm okay. Right. With, with you here. Well, I maybe only- Maybe you look like rotting person with a stench coat on. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the only other thing I have to say is uh, we failed greatly in not thinking about it too much. <laughs> yeah. Because well, we just talked about it quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, I was asking do. Michael not to think about it. I wasn't saying that we should. Oh, right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking nits there, though. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's 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 a tough thing to, to look at because it does fall apart as soon as you examine it, even a little bit. Right. I think the key is focus on the creepiness factor of the Whisperers because they are creepy as hell. And um, if you don't worry too much about the mask thing, uh, they are super creepy. And and I think that's enough. Like that works. They're the creepiest group of people we've ever encountered on this show, I think. And we've yeah. had cannibals. We and, have. And claimers and wolves and all those people. And now we have Whisperers and they're the weirdest. They are the weirdest. Yeah. That is true. Okay, so moving on. We have a call from Anwin. Hello again. Something else I just thought about, Negan, in terms of the timeline. It's not beyond the realms of possibility that he could change. I don't think he's redeemable after what he's done to the characters that we love. I don't think those characters surrounding him or 
uh, us as an audience are going to be forgiving him for any of that stuff, even if he does something redeeming. But it's it's still possible that he could want to change or want to do something different or want to be something different. When you think about how long he was baseball bat swinging, dick talking, hip swaggering Negan was really only for about two years real time in the in the zombie apocalypse and then he's been in that cell for six or seven years and everything's changed for him so anyway I just throw it out there maybe Negan can change might be interesting to see what happens but as long as it's not for many minutes per episode I'll be happy see ya thanks Anwen I think she brings up a really interesting point here because it feels like Negan has been around forever uh, as Negan, but she's right. He was in the zombie apocalypse for a couple of years doing his Negan thing, and then he was in the cell for six years sitting thinking about what he'd done. Uh, Does that mean he can change? I don't know. I also think maybe the zombie apocalypse brings out your true personality in a way, even if you were seemed like a decent guy. In the real world before the apocalypse, it comes along and you turn into whoever or whatever you actually are or desire to be. So, you know, that being the case, Negan is Negan and that's who he is and that's who he'll always be. But can someone be reformed or change after sitting in a cell for six years? I mean, current society currently thinks so in a way because we do try to reform criminals, right? Yeah, but there are... There are programs, right? There's you can get your of GED. Course. You can, uh, you can. There's stuff you can do in prison to to better yourself. Uh, Negan, I'm not sure that they've had those programs for him. Yeah, right. That's they had very the uh, the talk to Judith program, mm-hmm. which uh, you know may or may not be beneficial. Uh, they had to sit there and think about what you've done program, mm-hmm. which I definitely don't think is the best. Yeah, they had the Rick yeah. Rick come in and talk to him every few days program, like like that, those kind of conversations are what are would be what you know prompt him to change if anything does i think i don't know yeah i don't know it is it is i'm sure he's different now sit anybody stick him in a cage for six years they're coming out different one way or the other they're coming out a different person uh whether they're a better person or not uh chances are they're a crazier person could be but uh, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think he's the same person. But I don't think he's a I don't think it's going to reform him into a uh, upstanding society member of society. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I I would tend to agree with that. I think, and um, I mean, the first thing he did is go back to the sanctuary to try to find you know what he reclaim what he had before, and he didn't find it. So that I almost think that moment, if anything is more a catalyst for change in the guy, good or bad than sitting yeah. in the cell for six years. You know what? It's, it's a realization for him that, okay, this doesn't exist anymore. I either have to try to rebuild it or do something else. And it sounds like right now he's going back in his cell to think about doing something else. Yeah. He's going to go back and think about what he's done, what he's done with a little different perspective. Yeah. And see where that goes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have a, a, not a call, an email from Dan (laughs) in Columbus, Ohio. Dan writes, I think the purpose of this episode is to show Negan is dead. He realized that's not something that exists any longer, and maybe he doesn't want it anymore. I imagine in one of the next few episodes, he will share his real name with Judith. Long term, I think Negan will be reformed. 
I imagine he will eventually take over Rick's role as Judith's father figure and leader of Alexandria. I imagine for the group to trust him, he will intervene in a heroic way to show who he is now. I don't think they'd keep JDM around to have him stay bad slash in a cell. Otherwise, they should have just killed him at the end of the war. So here's True. some comments from Dan on this this very topic. Um, you know, I we'll see. We've just talked about it, whether Negan can change or not. I think it's a stretch to think he'll end up being the leader of Alexandria and a father figure for Judith. Well, guess- he's got to be a father figure for Judith because who else is left, right? Everybody else is buggering off, including uh, Michonne. Yeah, I guess so. leave Judith all by herself, so who's left to take care of her? That's Negan. It's Negan. Um, okay, what about this idea that he will share his real name with Judith? Uh, did it ever occur to you that Negan was not his real name? It is. It's got to be his real name, right? It, it is, as far as I know. Uh, um, it's He's never had another name, even in the comics. And Kirkman, Robert Kirkman, has been questioned more than once about what the hell kind of name is Negan. And he's always said it's it's his name. That's his name. His name, his first name is Negan. And That's his first name. I figured it was his last name. I thought it was like Edward R. Negan or something like that. <laughs> well, honestly, that's a pretty good name. And I wouldn't mind uh, if that was true. And I and I don't remember specifically if he said first or last name, but I do know that Robert Kirkman's always said, you know what, that's his name. So I don't know where this real name thing comes from. Maybe Dan is just making that up. Um, but I don't think there's any reveal going to happen there. Maybe it's both. Maybe his name is Negan Negan. <laughs> Negan and Negan. Negan and Negan. That's right. The third. <laughs> like that uh, Major Major from Catch-22. Yeah, Major Major. <laughs> Actually, his full name was Major Major. Major, major. That's a lot of majors. There is a ton of majors in there. His full name was Major, 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 and he became a major, so it was Major, 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 Major. Yes. Um, <laughs> too many majors, maybe. Awesome book. Yeah, very good. All right. Uh, so next we have... Wait, wait, are we done with this? Yeah, I Sorry, think so. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, continue. <laughs> I don't think his name is Negan. Or I do think his name is Negan. I just don't think it's his first name. That's a dumb first name. Okay, whatever. It is his name, and we can move on. Yeah, I think from now on, we can start calling him Eddie. Why not? Eddie, Eddie R. Negan. Yeah. All right. Next, we have an email from Matt in Lindenwald, New Jersey. Uh, what did you say here, Chris? You edited a bit due to some comic spoilers? Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, didn't want to give it too much away from the comics. So uh, sorry, Matt. All right. So Matt writes, I know you guys hate Edward. Sorry. <laughs> I know you guys hate Negan and have for a long time. Certainly season seven and eight were the worst the show had. And he had a part, albeit a smaller, albeit smaller for me in that. However, this year I'm really enjoying him. I like that he isn't exactly a good guy now. And I'm happy that he didn't go right back to being a bad guy. I'd prefer him to be more on our hero's sides, even if he isn't a full-fledged member of the group. I know he becomes useful in the comics, and I hope it goes that way. Right. So, Matt, I think went into a little bit more detail in the comics there, which is what I cut out. So, indeed, Negan is around in the comics. Now, I'm behind in the comics by a number of issues at this point, so I don't know exactly what's going on right now. But the last thing I read, Negan was still around doing stuff, and... um, the last thing I read was when he bashed, uh, what's his name in the face with a baseball bat? Glenn. Glenn, that's it. Yes. That was issue 100 way back. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so Negan is in this gray area right now and, you know, just going way back to what Anwen said in her call, 
it's okay to have him around. I think he could be an interesting character now, as long as it's not too much. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And as long as he doesn't become a full-fledged member. You know, if he's an associate member, that's okay. But not like a full card-carrying member of Alexandria. No, just an associate member. I like that. Yeah. Good. Very okay. Good. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, Chris in St. Louis writes, Hey, guys. My holy crap moment was definitely when Negan was on his knees puking and they widened the shot to show he was in the clearing where he had killed Glenn and Abraham. It was cool to me that they kind of brought that full circle. Neat. It was cool. Well, it was very uncool for me that I didn't realize that was the clearing when I watched it. I'm an idiot. No idea that that happened whatsoever. So I'm, uh, I'm down with this. Yeah, I like this too. Uh, I wish I was just a little smarter and I, I picked up on that, but Chris isn't the only listener who wrote in, uh, about that. It's well, this is why we have such awesome listeners because you and I are idiots and, uh, we need to be held up. By our fantastic listeners. Absolutely. And frankly, it makes it more fun, too, because I could have watched that episode and just moved right on if I was just, you know, somebody watching the show. And I would have never really thought about it again. But here we are, and I get to relive it all the time and rethink about it all the time. And we got people like Chris pointing things out. So awesome. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, everybody else. Yeah, thank you. That was excellent. Yeah. Speaking of Chris's. <laughs> yeah, next we have uh, an email from Chris in the UK regarding Tara's dialogue about being a leader. Chris writes, I understand why this struck Chris <laughs> as a as clunky dialogue. So in this case, Chris is referring to you, Chris, not the other Chris. This is far too confusing. Even I don't know who we're talking about anymore. <laughs> All right. So let me start over. I understand why it struck you, that guy over there, uh, as clunky dialogue, but I think it served a purpose. Tara is already doing most of the work uh, of being a leader, but she didn't seem to want the role officially. She was trying to get Jesus to step in and take the job. Seems to me that Tara needed this conversation, even if we already, uh, even if, uh, even if we can already see it, that does offend against the Aaron Sorkin rule, but I'm not sure whether uh, the alternate is any better. If Tara just took over without a beat, that would seem odd too, because that's not what she seemed she wanted to do. So the point here is that Tara, as a character, just kind of needed to say it out loud for yeah. her to believe it, to to get herself on board with taking over leadership at the Hilltop. Because as Chris in the UK says, uh, she she didn't really want to do that. She was sort of doing it reluctantly and, you know, Jesus was helping her out, but now he's gone and so she's the only one left. So I can get that. And I think that's a very valid point she just needed to hear her say it to, to make it real. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. So Chris. that's very good. And what was the Aaron Sorkin rule you quoted? Uh, that if you tell the audience something they already know, you failed as a writer. Right. Got it. Okay. Well, you know what? I agree with that rule, but we'll let it pass in this case. I think we have to think of it more of a, as a guideline. Like there's uh, there's also a writing guideline that uh, voiceover is stupid. And you should never use voiceover. But sometimes it works. Like, look at Arrested Development. If we didn't have uh, voiceover in that show, it wouldn't be nearly as fun. True. And and another good example is Shawshank Redemption. I can't imagine that movie without uh, Red's voice kind of giving us a little bit of narration. Yeah. And giving us something to mock years later. Because there's, you know, many, many shows that mock that voiceover. Well, fine. But you know what? If you did it first, that's... Makes you the best. It does make you the best. That's a great, I remember seeing that movie in theaters and, uh, 
I may have told this story before, but for some reason, when I was living in Ottawa many years ago, um, a theater near my house then was doing a double feature that night of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, I think, and Shawshank Redemption. Seems a little odd. Yeah. So it would be Shawshank first and then Rocky Horror at midnight, right? It, that's exactly what it was. Shawshank okay. first and Rocky Horror Good. after. That, the other way around doesn't make no sense. And I I had never seen Rocky Horror Picture Show at the time. And me and the guy I was living with went and we're like, let's go check it out. But we got to sit through this other movie first. <laughs> the first time you saw Rocky Horror was at a live showing or not a live showing, but actually in a theater. In a movie theater. Yeah. That must have been a hell of a lot of fun. Did everybody get involved? Um well, I don't, honestly, I don't remember that much. I mean, there Were was some- throwing toast at the screen? There was some involvement for sure, but I ended up not really enjoying the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It just didn't, wasn't for me kind of thing. I think I maybe missed the, I don't know, yeah. missed the opportunity to see it and really enjoy You're it. You're wrong. So go see it again. Okay, maybe. But I loved Shawshank Redemption. And the funny thing right. is I went into the night thinking, okay, we just got to get through whatever this movie is to get to the main feature. And I walked out of the theater going, oh my God, Shawshank was amazing. And Rocky Horror, I don't need to ever see again. <laughs> what that other thing was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. So. Well, you well, you, you got to kind of be in the right mindset and you have to take it. It's tongue in cheek, right? It's not, you can't take it literally. You got to take it. It's sure. farce. Sure, of course. But yeah. still, I, that's, it was just a weird experience for me. Um, anyways, Shawshank, good. Arrested Development, good. And um, Aaron Sorkin's rule, more of a guideline. Yeah, like traffic laws. Uh, no, those are rules. <laughs> no, those, they're guidelines, right? I mean, the way people drive around here, they're general guidelines that inform how they think somebody else should drive. Well, you would think they're guidelines based on the way people drive, but yeah. you could probably say that anywhere. All right. Uh, am I next? I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah, I think Alex next. All right. Alex in Seattle writes and says, holy crap. I need a Negan slash Judith spinoff and I need it now. Those two are mesmerizing together and every scene is incredible. If the producers want to keep the show fresh and interesting, they'll need more of Nudith. Wrong. That's right. I ship them in a crazy uncle, awesome niece kind of way. So I don't think I agree with a 12 year old girl being Included in a word called nudith. Nudith, Jason. G <laughs> Negan and Judith. No, I got the comparison. I got the the, the, the shortening of the words. <laughs> but yes, spinoff, fine. Buddy cop movie, fine. Uh, let's do that. Just don't ever say nudith again. Yeah. I mean, uh, who's the straight man? I guess Judith would be the straight man. And uh, like, we're if we're going to do buddy cop, right? We got to do the, the classic kind of, uh, we're talking... Um, yep, they're all failing me. I'm thinking of uh, Friday and, uh, what was the name of that show? Uh, set in Los Angeles. Chips. Just the facts, ma'am. I don't know, man. It anyway. doesn't matter. <laughs> so yeah, buddy cop movie. I think, uh, I think they could pull it off. Okay. Well, nudith. Need more nudith. <laughs> Something I, never I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't accept that. You can't even say it, it sounds like. <laughs> Anyways, thank you, Alex, for that. Um, Negan and Judith on screen together, uh, I did think were okay. Um, pretty good. A little weird at times, and I didn't like the fact that she just let him go in the episode. 
Uh, and then she just sort of appeared out of nowhere all by herself on the road while he was riding his motorcycle back. Also kind of yeah. weird, but they were pretty good together. And uh, what can you do? They're nudists. Yeah. And we're sh- we're sure that Judith is real, right? She's not just a ghost made up by uh, Negan? I'm positive she's real. All right. So, okay, that's good. What about Jigen? You just go Jigen. Jigen? Judigen? <laughs> uh, Jigen. It's not bad. I don't know. All right. Well, let's just move on. Yeah. So next we have an email from uh, Dillis in Sri Lanka. I just wanted Chris to make a clarification on something he said in the last episode. At one point he said, Jeffrey Dean Morgan always looked a bit thin and he has never had much of an ass on him. Yo, Jason, please question Chris, Chris on this statement. We get a cool character like Negan on the show with this awesome baseball bat and leather jacket, but Chris is too busy looking at his ass. Well, personally, I don't see any problem with you looking at his ass. And if he doesn't have much of an ass, I didn't really notice. But if you did, good on you. Red-handed. Some, some people don't have asses. No, some he, people just, you know, their backs go right down to their legs. No ass. It happens. It does. And and Jeffrey D. Morgan is one of those people. Look at his pants. They're always, it always looks like the ass of his pants are are indenting. Or concave is the word, I think, right? Yeah. It, well, I mean, there's, there's a bit of a concave in there. It's, anyway, but uh, yeah, okay. Check out his ass. That's fine. Yeah. It's it's not there. It doesn't exist. And uh, I don't think I'm the only person to notice that. So, uh, you know, he is a character with a awesome baseball bat and leather jacket, but he's lacking an ass. And I think he'd be better off with some posterior. Okay. Well, he'll get an ass. In, ass transplant? No, ass implant. A, implant. That's the word I was looking a, a for. Transplant a, ass, means they take ass someone. Has, yeah, you go get somebody else's ass. <laughs> go put it on. <laughs> I don't know. They can do that. Maybe you can bolt on. Of course. Um, <clears throat> so, okay. First of all, I don't remember you saying that. And second of all, it, uh, you, I think the reason I don't remember you saying that is you said it, and I don't have a problem with it. Right. So I don't think I can call you out on it. Okay. Fine. Check out his ass. Yeah. And I'm going to, well, I'm, I'm not going to anymore because I tried and it wasn't there, but. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to a call from Lee. Hey, Chris and Jason. This is Lee in St. Catharines. And holy crap. Did you see Judith using that 45? Man, it's like, she's using it like it's a water gun. I mean, it's massive on her. I'm going to call her Mega Man from now on because she has a cannon for an arm. Zing. Mega Zing. Man. Uh, yes, it's big. Is You're the gun expert on the podcast, Jason, and that's not saying much, but um, yeah. 45 and Python, same thing? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I assumed it was a 44, but what do I know? Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, more than me is the thing. So anyways, big gun. The only reason I assumed it was a 44 was because Dirty Harry had a 44 and oh. that was a big gun. Okay. All right. Well, our next email, which you can read, is uh, along the same uh, topic and uh, may clear clear things up. Sure. This is from Keith in Wisconsin, uh, apparently from the uh, Department of Listener Corrections. Yeah, which we get things, we get stuff once in a while in that department. That's good. Uh, Keith writes, the Colt Python weighs three pounds and each round is about half an ounce. Still a lot for a small child, but not the five or six pounds Jason claimed. All right. So it's a heavy gun. Yeah, I know. It's a heavy gun, but not six pounds. Um, and still, if you tried to hold that out with your arm straight, like you were suggesting, you'd still get a tired arm after a while. So let me give you a story. I'm going to tell you a story. Please and do. this was when I was in the uh, in basic training for the reserves. So uh, I was in the reserves in the 
late 80s, no, early 90s, somewhere around there. Uh, and at the time, uh, the uh, the weapons we had was a uh, FNC1A1. So Fabrique Nationale, a, it was a basically a, 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 a semi-automatic assault rifle. And it was all steel and weighed 10 pounds, 11 ounces. They kept drilling this, that into us. 10 pounds, 11 ounces, unloaded. Also had a, a 30-round magazine for 7.62 round NATO round, which made it a lot heavier. So we had, when we went go on marches, so during basic training, and I was in Petawawa, CFB Petawawa, uh, we'd check out these weapons in the morning because we weren't allowed to keep them because uh, we were just, I was 17 at the time. You don't give somebody uh, uh, an assault rifle and go, go, go to sleep now, <laughs> right? Okay. You, Check it in. You give it back to the armor and they take it and then they give it back to you the next morning. We used to march around with these things all day long, right? 10 pounds, 11 ounces. I was at the time, I was, uh, I was 17 years old. I was in the best shape of my life. We're during this basic training. I was doing, they had us all doing at least 200 to 300 pushups a day, as long as a five, uh, five mile, uh, forced march in the morning, plus jogging, plus all a bunch of other exercises all day long, every day. And so we had to carry, uh, during our marches, we had to carry these weapons and we weren't allowed to rest them on our shoulders or carry them, uh, in any way that was comfortable whatsoever. We had to hold them, um, in a position with our two hands and not touching our body. So just out maybe an inch from our body, carrying this thing that was, uh, 10 pounds, 11 ounces. And after a while, even somebody that was in such good shape that I was in at the time and that my buddies were in at the time could not carry that like that for very long. If we got tired of that, we could hold it over our heads. That was the other option. It's like, if you get tired of carrying it this way, carry it this way. Mm-hmm. And that fucking thing got so goddamn heavy, so friggin' fast. And you're thinking it's only 10 pounds. How hard is it to carry around 10 pounds? And you think about it, it's just 10 pounds, but you're not carrying it like on your shoulder, on your back, what that is designed to carry weight, uh, you're holding it in your arms. So taking a three and a half pound or a three pound steel weight and holding it out at arm's length for any longer than 15, 20 seconds is nigh on impossible for <laughs> someone of Judah's size. Sure. So she, there's no, no way, no way. Yeah, I, so sure it's not five or six pounds, but still three pounds, take three pounds of butter. Go upstairs later, get three pounds of butter. If you don't have three pounds of butter, go out tomorrow and buy three pounds of butter. Oh, I got at and least three pounds of butter, maybe six. Put it, put it in a bag, like a plastic bag, mm-hmm. and just hold it out. <laughs> yeah. And tell me how long it takes before your arm gets tired. Oh, 10 seconds. For yeah. me. I got weak little arms. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's there's just no way that she would have been able to hold that hold that thing like that. All right. Well, anyways, the point is, it's not quite as heavy as you said, but still heavy, and not you know difficult to hold so yeah uh all right let's keep moving forward now that more or less does it for feedback on the mid-season premiere we're going to move into some feedback for episode 10 and our first email here is from tiege tiege in wisconsin uh writing regarding alpha killing that guy by only covering his mouth the events being retold by lydia are skewed as we find out later in the episode All we get at this point is Lydia recalling her mom trying to quiet the guy, and then he died. I think we're led to believe that Alpha actually murdered the guy. We just didn't see it happen because it's not how young Lydia processed it. Oh, I see. Unreliable narrator. Right. We got a lot of that in the first two-thirds of this episode because she was telling 
the story that her mom had sort of brainwashed into her, not the actual facts of the events. Right. So it makes so sense. we can't we can't apply any logic or reason to how that guy died. Right. Exactly. And not only that. The other thing is, I do think we heard sort of a cracky noise in there, which I think that was maybe more for the audience than just, you know, it's like when a car drives away on a dirt road, you still hear tires squealing on pavement for some reason in Uh, movies and TV. Or anytime somebody lifts a weapon from a position down below their sightline to their sightline, you hear the weapon cocking. If it's a gun, yes. And if they lift a knife off a counter, you hear it go shing as you pick it up. Well, they they all do that. Th- I that mean, your knives don't do that when you take them out of the drawer. So shing. Well, I, I realize that's a thing, but I, I don't. Oh, I'm sorry. I just say shling every time I do that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, get, I get that confused. I think it always happens, but it's just it's just me. It's just you. Yeah. Well, shling, I'm going to cut my toast. I think it might, <laughs> that might be a lot of people, but no, knives do make a sound when you pick them up. Guns don't make a cocking noise when you raise them. I believe I've never raised a gun before, so I, I don't know. I have. They don't make that noise. That's okay. a cocking noise. All right. Uh, and they also don't go click, 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 click normally. If you pull the trigger when they're empty? Well, they have to be a, they have to be a special, they have to be like a police revolver to do that. Like oh, a, okay. The, the, you can't, just a regular semi-automatic handgun. Correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, but I don't think you can just keep pulling the trigger and it go click, 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 click. Ah, but that's a thing in movies. You see that all the time too. Okay. Well, um, yes, unreliable narrator is what it comes down to. Whether we heard a cracky noise or not, uh, we weren't quite getting the whole story at that point. So it yep. could have been anything. Sure. All right. Next, we have an email from Scott on the internet. This confused me a bit on my first viewing, but I think I have it right now. And I figured I would write in and give my take on it in case anyone out there was like me and struggling to understand it. The first few flashbacks we see Lydia and Alpha in the basement are from the warped memories that Alpha has instilled in Lydia since she was a child. The later ones, where Alpha has short hair, are the truth. The tattoo is what gave it away for me. At first, I thought that both Lydia's parents had her name tattooed on their arms because it showed baby Lydia tracing a tattoo when they sang to her. But in the first flashback... Right before Alpha starts singing, it shows the dad lift his arm to rub his head and there is no tattoo. This leads me to believe that it was her dad holding her and singing her both times. But Alpha has been lying to her, causing her to remember it wrong. Because of this, everything she said to Henry and Daryl after she has let out of the cell for a little while is the truth. I don't think Lydia is an enemy. I think she is a victim, a victim of abuse, manipulation, and brainwashing. So yeah, hundred percent she is, whether, um, you know, whether she's sort of on their side or no longer an enemy at this point, we don't really know yet, but I think, uh, you know, I wanted to include that because the tattoo was another one of those hints in there about what we were seeing before it was evident what we were seeing right before right. the reveal in the episode. So, um, and I also think the point about how that Scott makes here about how, Alpha has short hair in the later, um, or shaved hair in the later, uh, flashbacks mm-hmm. is a bit of a turning point as well. Right. Once we figure out that, you know, at the very end that Alpha is completely bald, if you project back, you're like, oh yeah, she had hair. Then she didn't. That's when things, another sign that things were starting to be what they seemed instead of what they didn't seem <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I figured we'd have some kind of uh, gender 
change from uh, her dad to her mother. Mm-hmm. I thought there was going to be something like, and it's her, it's actually her dad that's wearing the face of her dead mom that, and they keep, he keeps referring to her as mother Ooh. kind of thing. So that's, this is the kind of direction I was going in. It's like, yeah, I see that there's a mother and a father here. And I think, uh, there's some confusion between who's doing what and who's the alpha and who's, uh, well, I wasn't thinking the word alpha, but who is the, the, the primary role here. And I thought there was going to be some kind of switcheroo in the genders. Yeah. It wasn't as dramatic as, uh, you know, it being a man wearing the face of the, the wife. Cause that'd be weird. Or, but, or how um, how messed up would it, would it be if Alpha was wearing Frank's face as her mask? Currently? Well, this is the other thing I was thinking. Is like, yeah, maybe we uh, get that. I love you, so I'm going to tan your face and wear it as a mask. Yeah, but that's a pretty good way to mess up your kid. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so that would be super creepy, and part of me hopes they do that now because that is dark. Well, they're man. not going to do that. No, I it's don't too think late. So. But. It's a good idea. We should write in and have them do that the next time uh, we go back in time and they, we have to rewrite the show from scratch. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's happened three times already, so maybe the next time we can get it right. We can get it right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the other thing is, uh, no, I don't think Lydia's a, an enemy. I think she could get uh, an associate member, uh, you know, badge for uh, for the Hilltop, uh, but she might get a full membership by getting girlfriended in from Henry. Oh, boy, Yes. If, uh, if they genuinely actually hook up, then either, yeah. well, either we, she has to stay or he has to go with her. Well, they're de- definitely going to hook up, right? They have to. I mean, we had a, a potential love interest at the beginning of the season that got uh, squashed mm-hmm. with, uh, with Judith, uh, Judith, no, Enid. 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 Uh, so obviously that had a, had to have a point and the mm-hmm. point was he's available and he's looking yes, and he, he is found. <laughs> right he has found he has found an interest a love interest so uh yeah i think that whole setup is uh leads this to, to boyfriend girlfriend stuff gonna be interesting because i do think sh- if that's the case either she's got to stay or he's got to leave he's not leaving he can't leave i think he I, I don't see why not um everybody else is leaving so why not him well yeah exactly and Maybe he's gonna go with michonne and show well, up in the movies i don't mean leave the show i mean leave the group and go back to, with the whisperers like can you imagine if henry decided that lydia was more important to him than carol like his yeah. mother right that's that's what i would do if i was a teenager and found a girl in the zombie apocalypse i'd follow her anywhere <laughs> What you want me to wear a dead dead guy's mask? No problem. No. Can we go problem. see a movie later? <laughs> Do anything for a girl? No, we can never talk or have any contact whatsoever from this point forward. Okay, let's go. <laughs> All right. Kate in San Francisco writes: I knew something was up with Lydia's story when her dad started cutting off his beard and said, "I know you liked it." To her mom, no woman would like that beard. I well, I thought that was a bit odd. Uh, but that's just my own personal experience. Every time I grow my facial hair out, I get convinced that I should cut it. Did you cut your goatee? It looks I shorter. I did. I got, uh, I got asked to cut it for uh, uh, family purposes. We were going to the Ottawa to visit uh, her family. What do they care? And, they don't care. I don't know. It's not about what they care. It's about what she cares. <laughs> well, what, she, what, she, what she cares about is important to me. So we had a discussion and I lost. For, to be to be fair, uh, I've had a beard in some form or another ever since I could grow a beard, basically. Yeah, me too. And 
my wife is the kind of woman who likes a little bit of beard on, on a man. And that can mean a different thing on different men. But for me, uh, she's very forgiving. I've had the huge giant beard, which I think some people have seen pictures of. And I have uh-huh. had the much more normal, you know, groomed beard that I have right now. Groomed, yeah. Well, I, you know, since I was, uh, what she's, okay. So my, my goatee is, this is getting off topic real fast, <laughs> but my goatee is gray now. It's mostly gray. I can see that. And I like it. Uh, Jasper said I look like Santa Claus with my goatee that being really long. And that means a lot to me. I would like to grow my beard and, you know, eventually be a Santa someday. That'd be really nice. I would enjoy that. Uh, Jenny said it made me look old. And I said the entire point of me growing facial hair ever since I was 19 years old is to look older. Mm-hmm. That hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fair enough. You haven't <laughs> you haven't hit that point yet where you start wanting to start look younger. That's right. Younger. Well, I'm okay. never going to hit that point. I'm I'm I've never been interested in not being old. Well, you're aging well, my friend. I don't think so. But thanks for saying. Okay, no problem. <laughs> I got I got pains. My knees hurt. My wrists hurt. You how's your wrist? Is your wrist feeling better? Um, we <laughs> sorry, we got a podcast to do here. Yeah, we don't need to get I into hope your it. wrist feels better. I hurt my wrist in the hockey game last night. Uh, it's feeling better now. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy about that because I was worried that I'd have a long-standing wrist injury. Yeah. Okay. At least it's not a groin injury. No, long-standing. But you groin. get those in hockey too, right? Yeah, you can get all kinds of injuries. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What are we doing? We're talking a podcast about the Walking Dead, right? I think so. I don't know. It's just kind of gone <laughs> off the rails here, but let's try to all get right, it back on track. All right. We have an email from. St- Stephen in Canberra, Australia. Canberra? Can- Canberra. No, Canberra, I think. Canberra? Yeah. Australia. I think I got Australia right. Uh, Stephen writes, the Whisperer's plan is the most ill-conceived approach to dealing with the apocalypse that I've ever heard of. Yeah, let's stay alive by disguising ourselves as a target everyone wants to destroy. Even when you're being shot at, let's not move and just let it happen. When you stay soft, people die. And you die when you disguise yourself as a fucking threat. <laughs> I can't stand these insane idiots already. All right. I should have included this one up uh, earlier when we were talking about, you know, the whispers a little bit more, but, or the masks. But I think this is a funny point. Yeah. They survive by descri- by disguising themselves as the one thing everybody wants to kill. And I think that's hilarious. It is, but you know, zombieism itself is kind of strange because the only way they can reproduce is by killing. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, right. I guess so. But it, it is just sort of ridiculous. Uh, put on a zombie mask and we're safe. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, it's funny. Um, he can't stand these insane idiots already. Uh, I think (laughs) I, I kind of am enjoying them because they're insane idiots at this point. So you think. Like a spider, if it wanted to survive in somebody's house a little bit longer, would disguise themselves as a cockroach. <laughs> right? Well, well, see, now you just sound crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Because people want to kill cockroaches much more than they want to kill spiders. Well, I mean, they have devices for capturing spiders and not harming them so you can bring them outside. I, I've never used one of those devices. Well, Look, no, me neither, if but I they had, have them. If I had cockroaches in my house... I would want to kill them and get them out of my house. Uh-huh. And I'll be honest with you. I kind of feel the same way about spiders. I'm not a uh, big spiders fan. Spiders are good. They eat other insects. Well, they eat, they're not insects. I know that. They're arachnids, but they eat insects. So they're actually helping you. I know, but I don't want like giant quarter size spiders running around my 
face when I'm asleep at night. And the other thing I hate is centipedes. Jesus Christ, centipedes are the grossest things on the planet. And All right, so the more legs, the worse. I think so. The more legs, yeah. the worse, yeah. You get like a two-inch centipede down here uh, sometimes. They're disgusting. Like, I, I want to burn the house down and move because I remember, the I remember worst. lying in my bed one night and a centipede running, uh, walking along the ceiling. And I'm thinking, that ceiling is too tall for me to get to it because it was a 10-foot ceiling at the apartment I was living in at the time. And uh, I was like, well, I can't leave it up there because what if it just falls? Right. In my mouth. Exactly. What? It, exactly. You can't go to sleep in that room. But I can't reach it. So what do I do? Do I you, just watch it? You, you get <laughs> out. To go down a wall? Yeah. You get out of bed and you stand there. You don't take your eyes off it until it moves somewhere where you can get to it and kill it. I don't remember what I did. Move I think out I might the, have just said fuck it and went to sleep. Move out of the apartment? That would be my next <laughs> option. <laughs> okay. This is... We got we to gotta stay on track here. Keep it going. Yeah. That's uh, me. It's you now. Yeah. Chris. <laughs> Another one in Toronto, that's not me, (laughs) writes, the new group's ranged weapons are sure handy in fighting the Whisperers. It seems like the Whisperers only have knives and swords and there's no more firearms. Speaking of which, I'm not sure why that's the case since Eugene can reload ammunition. I think he means rebuild or or make ammunition. Um, Well, yeah. And by new group, he's talking about Magna and Yumiko and everybody. Uh, they do have good ranged weapons, throwing knives, bows, uh, slingshot, things like that. And they seem pretty effective against these whisperers. Um, but these whisperers don't make sense in a lot of ways. Like, and bunching up it as a group and walking towards a, uh, a walled town yeah. and demanding that they're, uh, that they're, uh, de- that they're demand, demanding that their demands are met. Uh-huh. That uh, really doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, unless I mean, they have a herd behind them, right? A couple of well-thrown Molotov cocktails into that group, and they're in rough shape. Yeah, well, a couple of well-thrown rocks. Throw corn at them for crying out loud, and probably do better than their <laughs> weapons against a wall. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Just start. They got them. a glut of turnips. The last I heard, pelt them with turnips. That's right. Yeah, that, that would be funny too. Uh, anyways, um, can Eugene make ammunition indefinitely? I guess he would run out no. of supplies eventually, right? Well, eventually the the the, uh, the casings uh, they can only be used so many times before they start to split and wear, mm-hmm. right? They can be used a few. I, I'm not sure how many times, but they're not, you know, they're not permanent. They can't be reused and reused unless he can reform them. Mm-hmm. But then getting the blasting caps uh, on the bottom, the little uh, igniter thing that when you hit it with the pin, it starts the whole uh, explosion going. Uh, they can make the slugs out of whatever. Like if they can find enough lead, they can make the slugs. If they just use steel, they can make the slugs. But and there's probably lots of steel lying around in this world, so that's not really too big a deal. Yeah. But the uh, the gunpowder, like I guess that's been around since before uh, modern weapons. So as long as he knows the formula for that, which also oddly enough invo- involves urine. I didn't know if you know that. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can make a lot with urine. Apparently, so we're just we're just pissing it away. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, uh, so save your urine in the zombie apocalypse so you can tan masks and make ammunition. All right. And uh, black powder. Anyway, um, you, you can do it for a while mm-hmm. unless he has a forming machine and a shit ton of brass that he can, uh, that he can work with. Yeah. I imagine he would run out of stuff like that eventually. Um, but what I do think this has made me realize, which is interesting and again, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but the two things we have not seen in season nine are running vehicles 
There have been there's been no cars going. Been I don't think two motorcycles. There have been motorcycles, uh, but no cars, no trucks, nothing like that, which is great. It's all been horse and wagon. Mm-hmm. And have we seen anyone other than Judith fire a gun? I don't think so. Yeah, only only the Python has has ammo left and someone to pull the trigger. Everyone else has been using um, non firearm weapons. Yep, very interesting, and, and I like that. I like that the show's finally gotten here, and we have to we can stop wondering where do they get the ammo? Why do the guns still work? Why do the gas still work? You know, how many cars do they have? So yeah, gas don't work no more. No, like they're making it from corn now, right? And that's For- why the motorcycles can work because they can use biofuel. Right. And I guess you could convert a car to do that, but you, you, uh, you some... can convert a, uh, I, I'm about to say something that I have no information on whatsoever, but diesel can be converted. Yes. Better than, uh, you know, gasoline. So I guess it could still be done, but even then I imagine you need some sort of expertise to do that and you just might not have the people to do it anymore. Right. Yeah. So anyways, no cars, good. No guns, good. Yeah. But, uh, whispers, idiots. Like whispers, idiots, because <laughs> they have spears and they have slings and they have bows. Uh huh. The whispers don't have any of that. Oh, and we saw Alden do like a javelin kill too. He's using yeah. like a, a I guess it's a spear. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. So, um, they've really practiced with these with these should. old style you weapons. Can, you can buy spearheads right now. Like you can, there's go to army surplus, go to an army surplus store. You can buy a real honest to goodness spearhead and then get yourself a broom handle and make yourself a spear. And then walk around downtown with it and get questioned by the police maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, as long as you're not concealing it and it'd be very hard to conceal a spear, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you're fine. <laughs> okay. But I wouldn't walk around downtown with it. Yeah. It's like, enough. hey, what's that stick for? The obvious answer is opening boxes. Or spear fishing. Uh, even that I wouldn't really, I'd, I'd stick with opening boxes. I need to open boxes at a distance. And I like to do it from four feet away. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I don't like to get close to the box because, uh, Jack in the box has freaked me out as a child. (laughs) So I like to do it from way over here. Yeah. That's why I have this sharp thing on the end of this really long stick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Good. (laughs) The boxes are full of rabid wolverines. So I like to do it from over here. (laughs) Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Chelsea from Boston writes, Chris, I believe you mentioned not knowing why Carol is being referenced so much in this episode. Uh, I wondered this too. So here's my theory. I think they are setting up Alpha and Carol to become arch enemies, sort of like Rick and Negan, uh, sort of like the Rick and Negan situation. I saw a lot of parallels between the two, especially when you link, uh, when you think how they started off in the apocalypse. Both were seemingly meek and in abusive relationships, Alpha being the abuser in her scenario. Uh, And the whole long hair versus shaved head thing is an obvious clue. Alpha seems, uh, seems like Carol if Carol went down a much darker path. It's interesting how both women are ruthless when it comes to the people they love. Uh, but I think Carol was generally, uh, has generally good intentions as as opposed to what we know of Alpha so far. Uh, I will be interested to see how these two interact and oppose each other in the coming episodes. Who knows? Perhaps Henry and Lydia will have a Romeo and Juliet type situation ahead of them. Right. So the Carol Alpha thing is brilliant, I think. They they do kind of seem similar, but one took the light side and one took the dark side. Oh, yeah. And now we have their children coming together in a relationship 
And this is what I was thinking before when I was saying Henry might leave with Lydia and go with the Whisperers, which puts Carol in a position to be Alpha's worst nightmare, basically. Right. So I kind of think this sounds like an amazing scenario, and I hope Chelsea is onto something here. I hope so, too. This would be very interesting to have, uh, yeah, Capulets and Montagues. Let's go. Totally. Totally. I think that would be great. I mean, a little a little uh, Romeo and Juliet inspired story in The Walking Dead. You know, what more can you ask for? I think that's a great idea. And I do think that a showdown between Alpha and Carol would be epic. Yeah. And yeah. if Henry lives, then later on he could be Hamlet. <laughs> sure. If right? Carol doesn't murder him, although she's the better son, at the son of the, the king. The king uh, gets murdered. Maybe somebody, you know, uh, ends up uh, marrying Carol, uh, and we suspect him of killing the king. And then, anyway, it's a whole. I'm talking about Hamlet. We all know about Hamlet. Yeah, the king has to die, is what you're saying. Yeah, the king has to die. But in Romeo and Juliet, both Romeo and Juliet die. Spoiler alert. Sorry, but that doesn't work out too well for them. I guess not. I guess not. But people think of it as a love story. It's not a love story. It's a bunch of. It's a couple of stupid kids that end up killing themselves because they're morons. I mean, it's a love story framed inside of a tragedy is what it is, right? Well, or is, is it a, isn't it, love tragedy? Is it the other way around? A tragedy <laughs> kind of framed inside of a love story. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those the same two. thing. I guess they are the same thing. <laughs> With, you know, a rose, Shakespeare, eh? Such a genius. A rose by any other name, Jason. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you, Chelsea, for that. That was amazing. And I look forward to seeing Carol and Alpha get it on. You know, so this, you so, know what I mean. I <laughs> sure do. Uh, so this brings up an interesting point about cutting hair. Uh, so I, I actually thought of this and forgot to mention it in the uh, uh, in the last episode where Carol cut her hair when she was in the abusive relationship because her husband would grab her by the hair and pull her in. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting choice that everybody in the zombie apocalypse has long hair. Wouldn't that be really easy for zombies to get a hold of? And yeah. Pull? Yeah, well, eat faces. Absolutely. And look at Carol now. She's got the super long yeah. wizard hair again. You know? You'd think that everybody would just keep their hair short. I would. I mean, I do anyways in real life. And wear leather. Like if you have to tan your own leather by peeing on various pieces of flesh, then do that. And then wear leather armor because, again, uh, we have teeth as humans, but they're not the best teeth, teeth in the world. They're not like dogs or... Lions or tigers or bears on my, they're just human teeth, right? Yeah. So, you know, pull out the crappiest leather jacket that you can find and try and eat through it. <laughs> it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while and probably not taste very good. Well, no, but that's irrelevant is we're trying to protect from a human bite. Yeah, of course. Not a, uh, you know, a supernatural, uh, super dog bite. Sure. We're just trying to protect against your, our fellow man, which is relatively easy. You wear a t-shirt and you're probably doing pretty good. I think what we've determined here is that dogs are better than humans at almost everything except seeing. Uh, they're pretty good at seeing, and they're still they're pretty good at smelling. Well, that's what I mean. Smelling, biting, um, hearing, running, hearing, running, peeing. Yeah. Be- being awesome. Just being, being awesome. Being happy to get treats. That's right. Although I'm pretty Pooping happy. on command. I get a treat. <laughs> Can also do that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, humans suck at anything except for long distance running. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
being able to throw things accurately, consistently, mm -hmm. and recognizing faces. Yes. That's good. Those are pretty good skills to have, but... Well, they made us the, the top dog on the planet. That's true. <laughs> oh, and big brains. Big brains. Okay. Can big, we keep going? Stupid brains. Let's, yeah, please. Let's keep going. Troy on Facebook writes, honestly, I don't know. I don't want the new villain humanized right from the beginning. Rather, ha rather have seen her being savage for a while and then maybe throw in some backstory. But I don't think it was necessary to show Alpha's past already. That's a that's a good point about an interesting storytelling option. Like usually you get the uh you get the evilness for a while and then a little bit of backstory to fill it in. But to give you the backstory first means you really have to rely on the audience accepting the change. I think it's interesting to do it this way though because you you give us this sympathetic uh bad guy and then later ask us to buy into the savagery or the evilness of the person um whereas you know the opposite they did with negan they gave us the savagery like right off the bat and now nobody can buy into the idea of him maybe being a good guy at least not yet doing it this way what they've done with alpha i feel like it might actually work better because right now you're like okay alpha's a person just wants her daughter has done some bad things. She's crazy, but I think they're going to show us some really messed up shit now, which is going to put us on the, oh my God, Alpha is a psychopath, you know? They better. Well, yeah. I think, I, I think we need, to, we need this to dial it all the way up to like 12. Yeah. Dial up, dial Alpha up to 12 and see what happens. Um, and, and again, like Negan started at 12 and people rejected it. People stopped watching the show because of what Negan did. Yeah, because, yeah, he started his, he showed up and it was 12. That's right. And people were like, I'm out. I can't deal with this. So here they give us Alpha, show us the softer side a little bit, ease us into the 12 of brutality, and um, maybe they hope people don't jump ship. <laughs> yeah, it's like boiling a frog. Uh, right. No, that's not true. <laughs> if you slowly turn up the water with a frog in a pot, it'll jump out. I don't think so. It, it depends on how slowly. If you just throw it in the boiling water, it's going to hop out. But, you know, you slowly turn it up. It doesn't know it's being boiled. It, they're cold-blooded, Chris. That's the thing. They're not hot-blooded. They can't gauge the temperature of their bodies like we can. I'm pretty but, sure that um, research has been done that says a frog will jump out of slowly increasing temperature water. Yeah, why wouldn't it? I mean, shit, this is getting hot. I mean, I'm, it has a basic survival instinct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now freezing, you can freeze a frog, right? And that's then, how they, that's how they live. They burrow in the mud and they get frozen in the winter right. and they thaw it on the, in the spring and away they go. Right. That's great. But you can't boil a frog because they're like, fuck that. I'm leaving. I mean, so you're right. Unless okay, you put the I lid believe on. You. Unless you put the lid on. Well, you do that. Anything was going to stay in there, right? You put, uh, you put a rabbit in a pressure cooker. It's not getting out. I don't even, I don't. I think we should continue talking about this. It's upsetting me. <laughs> These are horrible, yeah, horrible so. ideas. But the 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 theory is true, right? Like uh, we have Alpha, and we're slowly going to the insane. Maybe it's more acceptable now than with Negan, where the you know the water was already boiling when we got in the pot. Right, and and we're nobody like, fuck that. I'm out of here. Nobody liked it. Exactly. That's a, that's the the analogy works. I'll give you that. Yeah, as a thought experiment. Yes, very good. As, you know, killing animals, probably not so good. Yeah. Don't go down that road. Be more humane than that. Yes. 
All right. Next we have a, what is it? Facebook. They, what do you do with Facebook? You write in Facebook? It's well, posted? Occasion, it's a post on Facebook? It's not an email. No, I guess not. But occasionally I take comments from our Facebook page to, to include on here because it's a perfectly valid way of, of getting in touch with us or making your feelings known. So I don't No, I like, accept that. I'm just looking for nomenclature. What do I call it? Do I no. call it a comment? Sure. Heather, who commented on Facebook. All right. So Heather did a thing on Facebook so, and Heather thinged, some people will always find a reason to complain because they want to complain. I really enjoyed it. I like any chance to see glimpses, glimpses into what life was like in the early days of the apocalypse. I found Lydia's story super compelling and I really felt for her, both her and Daryl at the end of the episode. I still don't trust her, but my heart is sad for what her awful mother put her through. Right. She, her awful, her awful mother has done some awful things. Um, what Heather is saying, I really enjoyed it, meaning the episode, because after yep. every episode I post on Facebook and say, Hey everybody, what did you think of tonight's new episode of the walking oh, dead? I see. Right? So it is a comment. It is a comment. Yes. Okay. So um, she commented on your post question on my I don't post. Know how to Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Post. Uh, and, and, and I mentioned that now just in case there are people out there that who, who don't, follow us on Facebook. You don't have to, but if you'd like to, that's a, a good way to participate a little bit in some conversation with other listeners too, because yeah. there's a bunch of people on there commenting on posts. So people don't um, have blogs anymore, right? Well, nobody I know, but maybe they're out there. So I'm not sure. Okay. All right. All right. Andy in Gloucestershire writes, is Lydia licking a worm and swallowing it? Some sort of euphemism. Is it foreshadowing what's in store for lucky Henry? Also, <laughs> I assume if she had caved Henry's skull in with the hammer, it wouldn't have any have had any effect because his brains were all between his legs at that moment. Also, I think the Hilltop are going to face a moral quandary. Alpha will offer Luke and Alden in exchange for Lydia. However, if Lydia doesn't want to return to the Whisperers, are Hilltop going to force an abused young woman to leave to save their friends? Sure they would. So they're going to I mean, send... they hung that guy for being a jerk. Uh, Gregory, yes. Yeah. But so... Maggie's not there anymore. So maybe Maggie would throw Lydia to the wolves or to the whisperers. But would Tara? No, Tara know. wouldn't do that. Would Daryl? He might. Uh, Daryl might. I don't know. But he. I think Daryl feels... That, he killed that kid, that other guy, for no apparent reason. Oh, yeah. After he gave him the information they want. The, yeah, and he's the been savior. living alone in the woods with Dog. Yeah, he'd totally throw her. But I like, think... Daryl feels like he's broken Lydia and like got her over to their side. So he might, right? Because remember, didn't Henry ask, can she stay now? And he said, I don't know, maybe go get her some clean clothes. So I think Daryl might let her stay. Tara might let her stay. But the question is, do they do that um, at the expense of Alden and Luke? No way. That's the problem. There's a... Well, you can't trust somebody who's uh, coming up on your walled city and making demands. Right, like it's it's extortion, it's uh it's protection money, right? Pay us tribute, or we're gonna do bad things to you. Well, here's the tribute. They don't just go away; they come back and go. These guys are suckers. We could ask for anything, no, and but, they come back. Yeah, but not. They're, that's not what they're doing. They're coming back. They're coming up and saying, "We got your people. You have my our people. Let's just give them back, and we'll go our separate ways." Like that has to have but happened. There's, there's 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 trust that has to be there that. That she's going to uh, honor her side of the commitment. 
Right. But that goes both ways. Isn't this one of the ways you build that trust where it doesn't exist? You kidnapping people and doing an exchange? Maybe. I mean, you both make good on your deal. But the problem is one of you had to do the kidnapping first. So that and, and no one can ever agree on who started it is the problem. Right. Right. That's where the disagreement comes in. But, you know, in a perfect world, they'd be like, all right. Everybody just go back to where you were and we'll leave each other alone and that'll be that. But sadly, the world is not a perfect place. Bolts fall out all the time, Jason. Uh, bolts fall out all the time? Yeah, it's a reference. Like you're talking to what? Breakfast Club. And oh, Sorry, the, I think the quote is, the world is an imperfect place, sir. Screws fall out all the time. <laughs> or something oh, like that. Anyways. Hopefully somebody out there got that. I haven't watched Breakfast Club in far too long. Oh, apparently. I love that movie. Because I can't quote the whole damn movie. I almost can. I can't wait to watch it with my kids, but they're not old enough yet. No, not yet. They've got to be in high school. They can't understand it until you can understand the angst of high school. Exactly. So in five or six years, I will have at least one high schooler. So, yeah. Well, by then too, but yeah, one who's almost done high school. Jesus. Cool. All right. Um, okay. Uh, do we need to talk about the euphemism with... Lydia's I don't think worm and worm thing. I don't know. Licking the worm. That's that. That can't be a use. That's a bad euphemism for anything. Well, I think it's a good one, but I just don't think we need to talk about it. No, it did. And it also, thing. It, never mind. I don't think it's a good euphemism. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I think it's a euphemism for I'm going to clean this worm and you eat it, and that's really gross. Or it might be. Uh, I know eating the worm. Is a euphemism for uh, drinking an entire bottle of tequila, right? Because they have the worm in the bottom of the uh, tequila bottle. Some they still do. do that. I haven't had tequila in a long time. I assume they do. That was a thing when I was younger, but I I'd never go anywhere near that worm. I'm not even sure I was ever involved in a bottle of tequila that had a worm in it. So I don't know. My parents had a bottle once with a worm in it. And I thought it was gross. I don't understand why, but like eating the worm is a euphemism for getting all the way to the bottom of the bottle. I see. That makes a lot of sense. So that's the only thing I can think of that she licked the worm and is like, you want to get drunk? <laughs> I guess. O on tequila? That'd be awesome. Okay. I love tequila. If there's one alcohol I enjoy, it's tequila. Yeah. I've never had a bad experience on tequila. I've had regrettable experiences, but not a bad one. <laughs> Fair enough. They were good at the time. Yeah. All right. Next, we have uh, uh, an email from uh, Perry in Oregon. I can't take credit for this fact, as I read it in a recap somewhere on the internet, but apparently uh, the shot with Alpha's belt buckle is to show that she still carries the knife she used to kill her husband. Uh, I did not go back and double check this, but anything you read on the internet is right, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's the internet. How could it be wrong? But what does the belt buckle have to do with the knife? Like, was the, was the knife in her belt or something? I didn't, I was focused so hard on the buckle. Or the, nothing. the infinity symbol, I, I didn't notice. I, I don't know. Maybe belt buckle knives are the theme of this season, because What's-Her-Name had a belt buckle knife too, right? You're going to have to give me more than What's-Her-Name. Uh, she was in the group of people that just showed up. Oh, uh, right, Magna. Yeah, Magna. So yes. she had a belt buckle knife. Uh, she had some knives hidden in her pants. Yeah, that's right. A couple, I think. So, yeah, maybe that's a thing now. Okay, well, I don't know. I'm not sure how it connects, uh, unless... I don't know, unless the buckle was shown in the flashbacks and we're just sort of put to, we're supposed to connect them there. I, I don't know. Um, we need somebody to help us out here. Like we missed the, uh, the Negan in the clearing where he killed Glenn and Abraham thing. Yeah. So obviously we missed this as well. 
So we either need to go back and rewatch or have a listener write in and uh, get us on the right path. And it's also possible that we don't have all the information yet. Like maybe we haven't been, we aren't privy to exactly what the belt buckle means yet. And maybe it's not even an infinity symbol at all. Maybe it's an eight on its side. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that happens. <laughs> it does. That happens. You turn an eight on its side. It looks like an infinity. Does uh, the whispers show up in the comic book? Is this a comic book spoiler potentially? Somewhere farther than you've actually read? Well, the whispers definitely show up in the comics. Um and I can't remember this being a thing in the comics, but could be, maybe, I don't know. So maybe that's what they're referring to, is that in the comic, maybe this happened and why they're focusing on this. And there was some confusion over uh, whether it was actually shown in the television show versus something that showed up in the comics. Yeah, I can remember some other things the Whisperers did in the comics that... um in a funny way, relate back to something you said earlier in this podcast, which I'm not going to expand on because that would be a spoiler, but somebody out okay. there might know what I'm talking about, but probably not. Cause that's very confusing. Well, but we'll, we'll talk later. Okay. Fair You'll enough. Tell me. Let's get through our last few emails here. Gemma in South Wales writes, I kind of missed Carl in this episode. I do really feel the whole Carl and Rick have left, even though Henry is doing a a great job and Daryl is being given actual development and dialogue. I'm still kind of thinking, how would Rick and Carl react to all this? And uh, that kind of echoes what I was saying in the last podcast, where I do feel like I'm missing these characters still and having a hard time kind of accepting some of the new ones in their expanded roles, but it's getting better. I think I will get better with it, but for now I do miss Rick and Carl and some of the other characters that are gone already. As do I. Yeah. But what can you we'll do? See if they can, I don't know. We can see if they pull this off eventually. But it did uh, It did feel like there was something missing in this episode. Right. I agree. But I also think they're slowly making strides in the right direction. Yeah. So there good. you go. All right. Next, we have an email from Cindy in Columbus, Ohio. Hey, wait a minute. Didn't we have Dan from Columbus, Ohio earlier? Cindy, do you know Dan? Maybe. Dan meets Cindy. I wonder. They should go out. Uh, well, they might also be married to other people or have different opinions. I don't know. If just, I'm just wondering if they know each other. Fair enough. They, they should meet, get together as a uh, talking dead. Listener uh, meetup in Columbus, Ohio. Meetup in Columbus, Ohio, and then go to Cincinnati where they have a, a pizza vending machine, if I read the internet correctly. Well, if anything you read on the internet is right, right? Yeah, so pizza vending machine in uh, Cincinnati. Anyway, Cindy from Columbus, Ohio writes, I didn't think it was possible, but I dislike Henry more than I did Carl. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I find it very hard to believe that Carol would have raised such a naive child. Maybe it's just boys I don't like because I'm crazy about Judith. Could be. Well, she doesn't like boys, then maybe Dan is out. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, sorry, sorry, Dan. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> you and Cindy, no chance. We just want our listeners to get along. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm not loving Henry either. Um, and, and I, I kind of agree with that. Like when, when Carol took over the parenting of Henry, Henry was already eight, nine, 10 years yeah. old, something like that. Right. Everything's done by then. Right. So, you know, he was already forming into his own person. You do a lot of forming in your teenage years. Absolutely. And your parents have a great influence on you. Uh, I certainly hope anyways, cause you know, I want to have an influence on my kids. <laughs> Otherwise they're screwed. Otherwise they're screwed. Exactly. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, Carol, he's a pretty naive guy, but I mean, I guess he's not really thinking with his brain right now. So, well, Carol's do? also being the nice one right now. I don't think she's been as. Uh, remember when she taught the kids knife school in uh, yeah at the prison way back? You know, I don't think she's doing that kind of thing anymore. I think she's kind of settling into a more relaxed lifestyle and not making sure kids know how to use knives and can stab a zombie properly. That's well, I mean, she's probably still doing that a little bit, but you're right. It seemed like in that family, it was more King Ezekiel who was the disciplinarian a little bit. Yeah. But then we haven't seen too much of them in a while. So I think maybe we could get a little more. I believe they're going to be in the next episode number 11 but uh i would hope so and and we probably can surmise that henry is doing a good job growing up and that he's a smart guy and that he's uh capable uh because if any of that was not true carol would have killed him years ago (laughs) good point right she would have well he's still young (laughs) poisoned cookies or would have just made him look at the flowers yeah yeah something because uh yeah if they uh, if they don't cut the mustard uh they're in trouble that's right that's right. So we can, it. we just have to assume that he's, he's fine. He's doing okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. All right. We have one more email here and, uh, I maybe should have included this up when we were talking about licking the worm, but, um, Pedro on the internet writes to clarify something we wondered about in the last podcast, he writes, eating wild worms can be deadly as they carry parasites and other germs. Farm raised worms are safe. Ah, oh, farm wor- Wait a minute. So is that like you have to have a worm farm and your the point is to grow worms or is it just you have to have a farm because you need worms for farming, I assume? No, right? I think you have to have a worm farm and you the point is raising worms, but they're safe because they don't have parasites and other germs, as Pedro says. I, you can eat them. Why would you raise worms? To eat. To sell to fishermen? No, and to put in the bottle, bottom of bottles of tequila. Well, I don't think they care about that. You just wash off whatever worm and you throw it in the tequila, and the tequila is going to take care of the parasites. <laughs> Maybe, but I'm sure it's... there are worm farms. But why do you raise worms? I don't know. Like you... alpaca farms, I understand, because you could use the wool, right? <laughs> sure. Worms don't have any wool. It's funny you go to alpaca for farming as an example, but anyways. Some kind of cattle. Right, some kind of sure. animal that you're raising for a purpose. There's alpacas, there's pigs. There's like pigs, I understand. Horses, I understand. Uh, cows, I understand, either for milk or for food or for cow leather for uh-huh. making gimp masks. <laughs> right. Um, but worms, I don't know. I don't understand why you would raise a. Why would you have a worm farm? Maybe you sell worms to other farmers and they use them to. Um, what do you call it when you put holes in your soil? Aerate, Aerate your soil. Yeah. Yeah. Worms are good for that. Well, yeah, that's, you know. Anyways. The, they are good for that. The point, Did you know that worms have to be both sexes? They're, they have both sexes. Because if you are right. a worm and you're digging through the earth and you run into another worm, you don't want to be messing around with, are you a boy or a girl? Because <laughs> they're both, both. So just get it on. It just doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Anyways, the point is not that we don't know why you farm raise worms. The point is yeah. that you do and you can eat them. So okay, and don't eat wild worms correct. unless you cook them or marinate them in tequila, <laughs> right? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, vinegar might work too. I don't know. Pickle. Well, worms. that's why you cook beef to get rid of the parasites and yes. uh, bacteria and stuff like that. Same with anything you cook. Mm-hmm. 
and it tastes better. Like toast tastes better than bread, even though bread doesn't have parasites. You hope. Yeah. Uh, so cook the worms. Don't just lick off the dirt. Like what she did was she took a dirty worm. She put it in her mouth. Mm-hmm. She licked off all the dirt, <laughs> swallowed it. Yep. Gave the worm to Henry and he ate it. He sure did. There's like seven kinds of gross there. <laughs> At least. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this podcast, everyone. Thank you so much to everyone who wrote and called in and had fun and interesting things to say about these last two episodes. I have one more thing. I really want to thank Bobby uh, for sending me a season's pass or a year pass for masterclass. Oh, uh, we yeah. mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he stepped up and had a had a pass that he offered to me for a subscription to Masterclass, and I jumped all over it, and uh, I'm loving it. I'm like all the way, almost all the way through. Uh, uh, damn it, what's his name? Opie, he's a director now. Um, yes. Uh, oh my God, I know who you mean. He's got a daughter, something Howard, Ron Howard, Ron Howard. There we go. <laughs> Ron, I'm halfway or most of the way through Ron Howard's uh, master class on directing, and a lot of it's over my head about collaborations and the different jobs in a movie. But uh, I'm really enjoying it, and thank you, Bobby, for 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 that. I really appreciate it. Man, best listeners in the world. That's uh, that's super cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Bobby, for that, and thanks to everybody, as I said, who wrote and called in. Uh, we will be back next week when we recap season nine, episode 11 of the walking dead, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't keep sending emails or feedback or questions or whatever, because you never know what we might read on the air or play on the air. So if you'd like to do that, visit our website at talkingdeadpodcast.com and click on send voicemail at the top. Uh, you can also just send emails to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Talking Dead, or on Facebook, as I was talking about earlier, uh, at uh, facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. And uh, like I said, I post sort of questions there about the episode and sometimes news items, and you can participate in those conversations and also maybe show up on the podcast if you want. So uh, real quick, Jason, look up the episode title for number 11 for next week, because if anyone wants to do a title read... And uh, have us play that in our recap episode on uh, Tuesday night. That would be fantastic. And the title of episode 11 is? Bounty. Bounty. Excellent. So uh, do that as a title read if you can. Fire that into us. And I would love to get a few to play on next week's podcast. Cool. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Until next week, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.